1: Hi, everyone. I'm Logan Medish of High Caliber History, your host for the No Low Ballers podcast. Sitting around the table today with Alan from Gunbroker, Chris from Houndsman XP, and Rick from Gobbler Knob Long Rifles. And uh, this is an episode that no matter what side of the fence you're sitting on, we are going to piss you off. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Because today we are talking about the round that everybody loves to hate and that everybody hates to love. The six-five Creedmoor. How do we feel about it, guys?
2: I admit I'm a convert. Um, I, you know, have hunted the last couple of years with the six-five. I'm still a 30-cal guy at heart, but the six-five has advantages. What, what, what makes you say everybody loves
0: to hate it? What, why?
1: you know okay so <laughs> you want the short answer you want the <laughs> long answer right you know uh you know everybody seems to think that the 6.5 is is some brand new concept that it's come on on the scene but you know 6.5 cartridges have been around for more than 100 years yeah. i mean you know guys are hunting in africa with the 6.5 swede and you know all sorts of stuff so it's really not this new mm-hmm. wonder round um but but for whatever reason since that cartridge was introduced uh it it has taken on this persona of you know the man bun hunter
3: yeah and oh I, I think, okay yeah so it's, it's it's like yeah. the
2: hipster round okay, yeah and, no, you yeah. know largely it's it's successful so and you love to hate unsuccessful yeah stuff, i mean it, well it does because it, it makes us question our old favorites um, nothing is harder in our space than to launch a new caliber. I mean, you can ask, you know, Weatherby's got their line, Nosler's got their line. They have little niches, but actually getting something that lights off and goes super mainstream is tough. Mm-hmm. You know, ask the 41 Magnum, the 10 millimeter. I mean, there's a, there's a laundry list, 6.8 SPC, 6.5 Grendel, blah, blah, blah. Um, so in 2007, when Hornady got together with Creedmoor Sports and developed this round, um, you know, it looked like it was going to be just another, you know, a 221B or, you know, one of the bench rest or a dasher round that was a great precision, not necessarily anything beyond that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was um, a
3: Wimbledon round. It was a long, long range, mm-hmm. you know, it didn't win a, win a match at the Wimbledon. Um, possible. Um, yeah. that's uh that's a good, good do question. Do
2: but th- the reason why, I mean, that 6.5, the five to 6.8, we know is in that ballistic sweet spot mm-hmm. yeah. as far as bullet length and sectional density, di- diameter and density, um, You know drops aerodynamic drag it's really kind of that pure spot um but of course you know we're we're americans we love our 30 cals 7.62s we love our 270s we love our 243s you know 243 the 6 mil has always been you know the american version of uh, of our long-range rifle round so it took off it was a great precision round Um, ruger came on board early and chambered some of their early ruger precision rifles in 6.5 and you had a legitimate 1,200 to 1,400-yard 1, rifle out of the box, which, you know, up until that point, 1,000-yard guns were probably still a little bit being built for you. You know, they weren't, mm-hmm. they weren't full customs like they used to be. The ammunition was, was you know, you to a piece of ammunition that could do it with plenty of gas to spare, and the optics had finally caught up. So it was really um, the first chance of your average rifleman to legitimately have a 1,000-yard package that they could probably, you know, once they learn how to read wind, had a chance of making some hits with. And that was its initial reputation. It's a great paper-punching round. It's long-range precision, but, you know, it's not a hunter. It's going to be a terrible hunter. And, uh, and
1: that didn't age well. Well, uh,
2: <laughs> you tell the guys at Hornaday that, that that dog don't hunt, and they will make a dog hunt. Uh-huh. That's, that is one thing they are really good at doing. And um, they came out with, the, you know, the Extreme Hunter. This was kind of as that long-range deer hunting or hunting in general thing was kind of kicking off. And they've made a round that performs well on deer, on antelope. Um, you know, it, ballistically, it's it's pretty pretty stout. It's a very it's a short action cartridge, so yep. it works in you know AR platforms and, and short action bolts. It's a really efficient case size. Um, got a ballistically pure bullet up front. In some loadings, it, it can even um, run up against the 300 Win Mag in muzzle velocity and energy at, and, and muzzle energy. So. It's a really versatile, capable round, and it works really well. And because of that, most people hate it because I shoot a 308 or a 30 six or whatever. And damn it, if that's what I shoot, it's got to be the right thing.
3: Don't you think some of that comes from, you know, just like any other fad, you get a guy that's like, I'm shooting a 6.5, so now automatically I can shoot 1,000 yards. Yeah. You know, where the 270 guys and the three, you know, the seven-millimeter guys are like, Learn to shoot a thirty out six, yeah. and then you you know you don't need to. So it's, perfor- it's performance to? in a box.
2: That's got a lot to do with it too. That yeah. you know that the people who've worked hard or built up guns or built loads that'll let them do that. You know, suddenly now you can go out and buy one off the box or shelf and kind of do it without the talent. That rubs folks the wrong way too. There's a big part of that here. Yeah. Mm.
1: It, but it is, it's, it is uh, ballistically, I mean, it's a great round. I mean, I'm looking, we've got, you know, these are Winchester deer season XPs. They're 125 grain muzzle velocity is 2,850 feet per second. And at 500 yards, still 2,069 feet per second. Wow. Yeah. So it's I singing. Mean,
2: yeah. And, and it does all of that. probably the biggest benefit to six, five, you know, I'm, I pick a weatherby round and it'll shoot that flat. You're going to know it when you pull a trigger though. Because again, the case is so efficient, and it can run a, a smaller powder charge but get the same oomph out of it. There's really no recoil shooting no. a 6.5 is
1: just very soft. Yeah, it's
2: very similar. You know, they always said get a 243 for the to get the kids mm-hmm. started. 6.5 is not that much different.
1: And then throw a suppressor on the end of it too. I mean, yeah, it it's it's a perfect match mm-hmm. for
2: introducing people to things.
1: You know, it's uh, it it is kind of a do-all cartridge, but it, you know. You say that with an asterisk, you know, a do all cartridge, you know, read the fine print. I'm not taking it to Africa. Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that, though, because um, I was at the SCI show back in February because they're holding it in Nashville now. And uh, I was talking with a couple of the outfitters and I'm like, you know, what are you are you guys seeing the influx of six, five? Like we're seeing it everywhere here in the States. And he's like, yeah, actually, a lot of folks are coming Hmm. over and taking Planes game with the 6.5 Creedmoor. Um, But again, with an asterisk, you know, like Kudu is Planes game, but that's getting a little bit bigger and a little thicker skin. Mm -hmm. You know, he's like, let's maybe not push it. To the kudu, you know, he was like, you could if you're close enough, you know, if you're 100 yards, 150, you know, and you got a great shot, that's fine. He's like, but, you know, you really don't want to reach out and poke a kudu at, you know, hundreds of yards with with the 6.5, but... Um, you know, but an Impala or, or a, a Blessbook or, you know, some, some the smaller end of the mm. Plains game, you know, he's like, hey, you take it out there, do it all. Right. So you could take it to Africa if you wanted, just depends on what's on your, your list for while you're over there. And what yeah. else you're taking. Right. And what else <laughs> you're taking. And of course, and then that opens up to there's a whole group of people who they're of the opinion, you know, if you're going to Africa, take two rifles. You know, because you never know what you're going to what you're going to come up against that you might want to take Mm -hmm. uh, that you weren't planning on on your list. But but for those of us here in in the States that, you know, aren't in places where the Black Death is is roaming around the corner, (laughs) you know, you you can you can do most of it here with the 6.5 Creedmoor.
2: And I mean, whitetail, mule deer, antelope, you know, kind of all day, every day, getting some of the lighter loads for coyote and whatnot. What do people feel about this for an elk cartridge? Are, is 125 to 129 grains going to be a little too light? It's, that's a good question.
3: 300, 300, you know, or the 30 calibers are still king in the elk world. Sure, but we just took an elk last week with a 270, you know, at 340 mm-hmm. yards. Mm-hmm. So, shot again, it's right? shot placement. There you go. You know, I don't. It's that's it's key. it's more about shot placement than the round. And that's what I was alluding to earlier. Is you know a lot of people are grabbing the 6.5 and they're forgetting the fundamentals of shooting thinking that this magic right. round is going yeah. to make them p- efficient at a yep. 1000 yards right and you know learn to shoot something with a 3030 in open sights and then you won't have any problems with the 6.5 yeah mm-hmm.
2: i mean this is the jumbo face driver g- you know golf driver of the hunting world i mean yeah. you, you you buy the performance in a box and i think that that certainly got a lot to to do with some of the hatred toward it um
1: Yeah, because like you said, people spend a lot of time building that perfect pet load, you know, that perfect.
3: Do you think some of the the more the traditionalists, the 30 caliber lovers, you know, they they feel cheated? You know, they feel like all the work they've put in, like you said, to build that perfect load and now all of a sudden... Here comes a six point five, so that fuels their hatred on it. Well, I
2: think I think if they feel like it's cheap mode, that they put an easy mode. The the other knock I think 6.5 gets a lot, um, you know. And you mentioned it as well. It's it shot placement certainly is a big part of it, but it's also your distance. You know, mm-hmm. you took a, t- a two seventy with an Elka three hundred, that's really pushing things. Whereas mm-hmm. because of the way the long range hunting fad kind of blew up in the the, the two thousand teens. There's an inherent unspoken note of six five that oh hey you can really reach out with this. Mm-hmm. Um, we we were when I was working with an optics company that really was not a fan of the long range hunting uh, move. You know the question that we always um, uh, had for that was well how close did you get to take the shot because that's how you know what you used to measure yourself as a hunter. Mm-hmm. I stalked within a hundred yards. I right. got up to sixty five. Right. We've actually been talking to some guides and hearing that people were wanting to do the opposite. We had a guide and this would have been two thousand. 13 or 14 and he was just completely blown away because he had a client and he got him up on a i think it was a um, uh it was either an elk or a caribou it was one of the larger animals and he got him into about 120 yards He's like all right let's take the shot and the guy's like hey can we move back a bit mm. and the guy's like what do you mean he goes well my buddy shot one at 200 last year and i can we go to 210 or something oh, and the guy's like take the damn shot yeah. man! what are you nuts yeah and that that was kind of the a little bit of the long-range hunting fad in a nutshell. And 6.5 right. is kind of the poster child for driving that.
1: Well, in fact, I, I just saw, I have a friend who's out on an antelope hunt right now. They posted on their Instagram story yesterday. They they got their antelope with a 6.5 at 456 yards.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Wow. Yeah. I mean, it'll do the job, but to your point, you still have to know what you're doing. And right. sometimes the, the marketing side maybe encourages folks that can't do it to try and do it. And right. that leads to bad things.
1: And that's, I think, probably where a lot of the bad press comes from, you know, because you know, okay, yeah, proof positive you that you can poke an antelope at four hundred and fifty six yards and take it down. I mean I saw the picture, my friend did it, you know, right. but but how many other people are out there shooting, you know, between four and five hundred yards and it's a bad shot and that you know and, and people see that and they're like, well that's what happens when you shoot the six five creamer. It's like, no, you could do that same screw up with a 30 yeah, out six sure. or yeah. three hundred win mag or whatever. You know, the round will do its job. You got to know what you're doing on your end. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. and so many people just don't. Yeah, the ammo puts it into cheat mode, like you said, Alan, but you can only cheat but so much. Yep. Right. You know? And I
2: think it's a perceived cheat mode, too. I mean, at, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you're shooting. If you don't hit the right spot, you're not going to be effective. That's exactly yeah. right.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. So when's uh, Rick? When when is the first Gobbler Knob 6.5 Creedmoor Flintlock coming <laughs> Let's out? Let's see. You know? <laughs> uh, hmm.
0: Let me see the size of that. I'm backlogged now for two and a half
1: years. Probably not anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> but by the time we get around to it, there will be a new yeah, right. a new fad right. piece coming out. of you, there, know, you know,
0: my when my sons uh, first got old enough to hunt, I was living in Pennsylvania, and uh, at that age, at, uh, at, at that time they had to be twelve. And I was looking for a good deer cartridge. My first uh, deer rifle was a thirty-two Special, Winchester Model 94 32 Special. Hmm. I love that gun. Killed a bunch of deer with that. But I wanted to get something uh, just a little different for my boys, and um, uh, I ended up settling on the 7mm 08 because it's a short short round, short action, and uh, that did, did a fantastic job. I've never been a fan of the two twenty two or two forty three for deer in the hands of a kid because it's shot placement. Mm-hmm. You have to be on the mark mm-hmm. with a caliber like that. Not that kids can't do that. That's that's not my point. My point is because you have to be so precise with such a small round to make a, a an ethical kill,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I chose to go with a larger caliber for my sons. Had I known about the 6.5 Creedmoor uh, back then, I probably would have gotten one for them. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah a, a lot of younger people get introduced now on the 6.5, just like... Uh, you know, a lot of us were introduced in the thirty thirty. You know, mm-hmm. which is a, a, a very nice. Mm-hmm. You know that doesn't recoil terribly right. hard. Right. You know, and that's and, and that yeah that thirty thirty was kind of the lever gun equivalent that the six five is today for the bolt guns and you know that you could do it all day long as long as you know what you're yeah.
2: doing. Right. <laughs> so, Chris, what was your first deer rifle chambered in?
3: Uh, deer rifle. Mm-hmm. 20 gauge yeah i was no. gonna say shotgun <laughs> shotgun yeah you know? yeah i still haven't settled into the the deer rifle caliber wise It's probably after the 20 gauge is probably a 50 caliber flintlock <laughs> you yeah, know i've, I've never had a dedicated but the the probably the first deer rifle because indiana has not had rifle rounds right. for a long time or or rifle cartridge legal for a long time uh was probably a 30 30 you know so
2: what about you, Alan? Thirty out six. Yeah. Uh, which uh, I mean, let's be honest. It's it's probably overkill for most whitetail mule deer. But again, That is dead. Well, but you can load it in one from one tens up to two right. twenties. I mean, right. to me, the thirty out six was the original do it all because okay. from a loading sure. perspective, at least, you had a huge variety. Yep. Right. Now you're in a long action. You're in a pretty heavy caliber, so lugging it around, mm-hmm. and de- when depending on your load, it's a little stout. So yeah. You know, I, I can see where an alternative, you know, is popular. I mean, I mean, that lasted until I discovered the 308, <laughs> <laughs> and that was really an offerings. I mean, you know, you could get almost anything in a 308 gas yeah. gun, bolt gun, whatever. So,
1: and Rick, you said yours was a lever gun in 32. It
2: was, yep. Yeah.
0: I've also hunted deer with a 35 Remington and 35 Whalen.
1: Okay, yeah, nice, yep. very cool. Yep. And my my first deer gun was a Winchester Model 70 and 30-06. So. You know, and, and that was, uh, yeah, that's been a great gun. You know, but
0: well, it's time honored, I think, and uh, yeah, you know, it's got certainly has history, and I don't see the, those cartridges ever going away or being replaced by the
1: 6.5 at all. Right, and that's a great point that you bring up, and because I think some of the hate that the round gets. Is because of the purists in our community. Sure, you know the mm-hmm. guys that are hating on six Creedmoor are also the guys who are hating on cerakoted barrels and and polymer stocks too. You know and
2: bipods and suppressors, and, b- and b- and right? And, and all of that.
1: Yeah, and you know, j- well, that's not how my granddad hunt. Well, if your granddad had. Had access to you know polymer stock and 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 a suppressor and really great glass like we have now. I bet your granddad would have been hunting with it, you know. Uh, So there's a place for for blued steel and and fine walnut, and it's not not always where everyone wants it to be, you know.
2: It's just been staggering how quickly and deeply entrenched this cartridge became, though. Even during the you know once we saw the bounce back after the pandemic, we, I would walk into some of our local gun shops and there'd be a, a whole aisle of rifle ammunition, except for this one little hole right in the middle where the 6.5 should be. Mm-hmm. And that, it just kept flying off the shelf. And I, again, I like the round. I've got a couple rifles in it. I've used it the last couple deer seasons. I'm not that much in love with it. So uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not quite sure what made this, the magic one that just took off. Yeah. Uh, I think part of it is the round, but I think part of it is also it had good product support. You know the Sure. The Ruger, yeah. Ruger Precision was kind of uh, um, a bit of a game changer. Uh, you got
3: a top ammo manufacturer finishing it off, putting the final touches on it, and then you get a mainstream firearms manufacturer that picks it up and, and yeah. chambers it, and it was just a magic combination. Yeah,
2: Savage yep. jumped right on it. The Ruger, yep. Ruger had the American and the RPR, uh, which are the two I've got. Um, yeah, everyone kind of jumped on it quick, which you know is not terribly uncommon. But I, you know, you look at the the other niche rounds that you know have launched in the last decade, and you know, yes, you can get rifles chambered in them, but you're looking at Christiansens or mm-hmm. you know Coopers or something that's a little, you know, you weren't getting a four hundred dollar Savage Access off the off the shelf right. that can be a legitimate thousand yard gun if you have the talent.
1: Right. Yeah. Like my my six five is a Bergara you know, which kind of floats middle of the road ish. you know, it's, it's not a $400 gun, but it's also not a $2,000 rifle either. You know, it's that sweet spot. And, and I went with that particular one because on that rifle I would rather put the extra money into my glass right you know and so i was like I, I know the rifle will do what i need it to do but you know i, I want a really good piece of glass on top of that and, and i have so... a
2: 400 ruger with a 1200 hundred dollar scope on it so See? i totally understand what you're saying <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly and there, you know and there's a lot to that because there's there's a whole group of guys and you know you hear them say like you know whatever you spend on your rifle spend at least double on the glass yeah i makes did sense. pr for
2: optics companies i want triple <laughs>
1: <laughs> if not quadruple right yeah. you know yeah, <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) makes perfect sense. Yeah, absolutely, it does, and so uh, you know, is is it the man bun cartridge that that everyone seems to think it is? Yes. Uh, oh, well, I'm sorry. And, and some, and, and and you know, it really is. I mean, uh, it, it's, right. a, it's a craft beer cartridge. I mean, it, it is, it, which which is perfect analogy because the, like craft beer, it is an acquired taste. Unless it's an IPA, IPAs always suck. Amen. Um, uh, <laughs> you throw the hate in the comments as we, we all just turn to look at the. Right. Yeah. I I hate IPAs, and that you know alan we talked in the previous episode you know, you've know, you got to have a hill that you're going to die on and mine is that ipas belong in the garbage but uh so you can tell me in the comments how much how much i suck and how great ipas are and i will tell you that you're wrong but <laughs> but that's where we find ourselves with it um so you know as as we move forward you know six five blew up in a way that no one was really expecting you know are are there any rounds that you guys can think of that are, you know, kind of coming into their own at this point that you think, ah, maybe that's kind of the sleeper that we should be looking out for. I mean, it's a bit of a
2: derivative, but the six Creedmoor is starting to pick up a little traction as well. Um, you know, the, the PRS group are moving into the, a lot of the arc rounds and the the PRC rounds, but the hunting community really hasn't picked that up yet. So um, six is still six Creedmoor. I mean, six millimeter, of course, has a long history as a hunting round, a really mm-hmm. good one too. Um, but the six Creedmoor is starting to catch on. I'm still not sure the hunters have
3: adopted it just yet. Didn't it? The six millimeter started as a Finnish round. Mm-hmm. You know, from Finland, the, mm-hmm. f- the Finnish military started with it. Yep. And they started revising it, and then Hornady jumped in. And yeah, it's it's a proven round for sure.
2: Yeah, and I mean, there's uh, something to be said for that. You know, the military spent a lot of money in the late 90s, early 2000s looking at 6.5 to 6A six, cartridges. You know, the 6.8 SPC kind of mm-hmm. won out and, and died on the vine, so... That was one thing I was looking at the the recent shift to the 277 cartridge that the military going with a little little bit of a raised eyebrow that they went that. Yeah, that I angle. think a
1: lot of I think there were a lot of raised eyebrows with that cuz it, it definitely threw people for a loop not what anyone was expecting, you know. You no. Know, and if,
2: and if you look, you know, the the reason the .06, 6 the .30-06 has the hold on hunters it does from the first part of the century, it was everywhere. There's yep, crates right. of military surplus ammo sitting right, around. Right. And then the military went to the 308, the 762 um, suddenly, that happened as well. Now the 308 takes over and dominates. So my question, looking forward, is the 65 going to keep its hold, or do the 277 variations? You know, the the 277 Fury, the uh, I forget what Federal's is called, but uh, the not the Valkyrie, but the 277.
1: I'm not sure. Anyway, all the variations
2: me. on the military cartridge. Is that eventually going to you know c- c- the days of the crates of milsurp ammo are kind of you know over? That yeah. ended with the the end of the 7.62, but um, I don't know that
1: it would be interesting to see I mean because you're absolutely right with with the military aspect of it you know by the time you get to you know the 1950s which is like the hunting heyday of the 30 odd six you know you figure how many tens of millions of world war both one and two veterans are out there that literally bet their lives on 30 six cartridges and so you know if it's good enough on the battlefield it's good enough in the deer woods That's right, right? You know, and so so that's a great point, Alan. With with these new two seventy cartridges and I, stuff,
0: I honestly believe that the thirty calibers are never going to lose traction. I think we're always going to have them two the seventies. Uh, I think cartridges like this are going to come and go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't I don't necessarily want to say that it's a fad, but like I said earlier, the thirty out six is a time honored round, and I don't see it going anywhere. I don't see this surpassing that at all ever right. ever
1: yeah I think you're right and 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 I also think you're right to not call the six65 Creed a fad because it's been around what 15
2: yeah. years uh, now? 2007 2008 yeah so, so
1: you know 15 years so I, most fads don't last. That long, right. you know? Right. So yeah, How
3: long were the Bee Gees hot? <laughs> <laughs>
2: the, the Bee Gees were never hot. Correct? They're hot again. Are I they? S- oh, they Are yeah. coming back? No, oh, I swore I yeah, was going to say the Bee Gees have always been hot. No. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no.
1: Do I look like I listen to the Bee Gees? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, back
2: to the... Uh, <laughs> 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 now, you know, it's, it's funny. We were talking to a distributor a couple of years ago with one of our uh, clients at the time who has a bolt-action... They had a line of bolt-action rifles. And all they wanted was the 6.5s. They mm-hmm. didn't want to order 30-odds, 308s. So they said outside of 6.5, uh, our, our um, local shields, talking to the rifle manager there, and in the past 12 months, the only bolt action they've sold that wasn't a 6.5, they sold one 308. Wow. And this is, I mean, Nebraska, it's not Iowa or Pennsylvania from deer states, but we do a fair amount of deer, deer hunting lot, Yeah, and yeah. it's
3: it's open range, you mm-hmm. know, where you got to put some distance on stuff. Yep.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting yeah. and, uh, because you know, uh, and I think that's one thing that we didn't really touch on is that you know, cartridge loyalty often depends on where you're at in the country, True. you know, mm-hmm. uh, because that that's gonna, you know, like, like <laughs> Alan said, what was your first deer yeah. rifle, and you're like rifle, you know, yeah. I, I just
3: don't, shotgun, I just didn't want to incriminate myself and say 22 mag. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I wish I had a nickel for
0: every deer that's been killed with a twenty two. Yeah, right.
2: no doubt.
1: Yeah. So, Alan, uh, you know, what What are we seeing in terms of data-wise with 6.5 uh, on, on Gun Broker?
2: Well, you know, uh, just looking at ammunition in general, um, we know during the pandemic it was a shortfall. And it wasn't just the, the, the usual suspects when it came to a shortage. It was ammo across the board. So prices spiked during the what we call the COVID years. And they've been kind of... Trickling back down, it may not look like it, but they are starting to trickle down. Um, in the last couple of weeks, we've seen Creedmoor going as low as about a buck thirty a box, and that's wow. mm. and, and and the thing with Creedmoor is you don't really have blasting ammo. Or, I'm sorry, not a box, box sorry, oh, around. A yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to um, say, well,
1: those penny auctions yeah. are really well, going crazy. Well, you probably can't. Sorry, my
2: eyes were talking about I popped out. Uh, uh, and, I'm you know, get with 6.5. S- 6.5. With 6.5, you don't really have b- blasting ammo like you would in 7.62 or 5.56 yeah. to skew that number either. So it's a pretty, you know, specific hunting or long range round there. Uh, what we've seen, though, in the last, and it makes sense with the time of year, in the last month, we've seen that climb back up because sure. we were. We're back into oh pushing right around a dollar sixty dollars seventy around right now, so it's coming back up. But you know, as you had alluded, penny auctions can still find you a pretty screaming deal on stuff. I did yeah. see someone had a, a five hundred rounds the other day, and the bid at last I saw was sitting somewhere around seventy nine cents a round. I don't know okay. where it closed at, but right. But the deals can be found. But well, it, absolutely, I think that uh,
0: I think we would see attitudes change about the six point five Creedmoor if the Army or the
2: Marine Corps picked it up and used it as a sniper yeah. round. Yeah, honestly, yeah.
1: for sure. Yeah,
2: yeah I mean that was like we said that was the the kind of the uh, proof of point for the 308 that sure. made it take off. Yes, uh, when they started trans, I mean Win Mag has already had a great reputation. No one questioned the 300 Win Mag, but when they started to transition out of 308 into the 300 Win Mag, that just you know added a whole new level to it. So it it's going to be curious to see what happens with the new military cartridges and if that trickles back into the hunting world and if suddenly 270s become screaming hot again. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, only time will tell and and once once time tells, we'll sit back down and talk about it <laughs> in a future <laughs> yeah. episode, yeah. you know. Um, well, we gotta wrap it up but guys, I, I appreciate you sitting around the table and all the all the varied opinions and perspectives that we bring to it because it I think it really does help bring together. That whole picture of how people feel about the 6-5 and, and why they feel that way. So um, we appreciate you guys around the table. Appreciate all of you who've tuned in and watched and listened. We really, really do appreciate you being here with us each week. Make sure you're subscribed on your platform of choice. Leave us some reviews, uh, some thumbs up, you know, some likes, some comments. Let us know in the comments where you stand on the 6-5. Um, because it's it's always interesting to hear you know the, the justifications one way or the other um, so we, we really do want to hear what you think about it tell Logan what IPA he should be drinking yeah <laughs> no yeah tell me tell me which trash can is best for your IPA powder Hound. <laughs> there you go so all right guys that's that's all we've got here for you today uh, We will see you right here next week on the next episode of the no low ballers podcast.